0: Hey guys, thanks for watching this week's episode of On the Horizon. This week, we've got guest Aaron Dusick. Aaron and I have known each other for quite some time, almost 10 years in the outdoor space. We talk a lot about uh, his rep group, which is Schooler & Associates. I think you'll really enjoy the content. Uh, This week's episode is going to be brought to you by IOTA Outdoors. IOTA is our carbon fiber composite stock manufacturing company, where we make premium aftermarket stocks for the rifle industry. And here we go. Hope you enjoy the show. Today, we've got Aaron Dusick here, the L. Duseco. <laughs> hey, nice. Aaron, Thank you. I appreciate you coming on and, and doing this with you. I know it's a little bit different here, and, and it's your first time at our new building.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me down. Um, very impressive. This is uh, vastly different. Uh, building and just operation than the last time I saw it. There's been a few years back though, too.
0: Well, and it's, I appreciate that. It's been a, a wild ride <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and we've known, I think, you know, a lot of guys in the industry, one reason we want to have Aaron on today and Aaron is very well known in space. Oh, You've been man. in the outdoor space for oh, getting close to 20 years collectively. Goodness, man. You don't look that old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We can. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of a lot of guys have probably used uh, other products and stuff that you've been involved with. You know, Aaron and I—we uh, first met really at Botech yeah. back in what had it been that had been like in the early 2000s, 2000s. yeah. So kind of you know, like a long time ago. So when you got, what were you doing there at True Glow? Well, so it's
1: funny because actually, not meeting you, but meeting Cat which I'm sure is involved in this as well. Oh, yeah, but, uh, so I met Kat at Botech, uh, there at one of their Gander Mountain academies or colleges that used to do training. So it goes all the way back to when I was in retail oh, at Gander. Uh, but then, you know, you fast forward a few
0: years, and then I was at True Glow, and we were working with you guys on some OEM projects. Well, we always say it's it's an interesting industry because I feel like I work with the same thirty to thirty-five <laughs> people. It's just everybody gets shuffled around. Yeah,
1: no one ever goes away. We get recycled. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> just, yeah, that's a good uh, good way to good way to put it. Now, on the Trugo side, though, uh, mm-hmm. is that is that well, you said you so getting in the industry, you really got in with Gander, which is the same place that I actually yep. started. In it's this funny place. we both have those uh, that Gander background, <laughs> which yeah. I guess it's not around. Anymore, I mean. No,
1: no, not in the same capacity that it was, obviously it, I think it went through a couple of different acquisitions and I don't know that they have any locations open
0: anymore, honestly. Yeah. And so now, and, and I want to talk about, you know, various different things. We get, we get asked a lot of times and I think for me, I don't know, for you, like growing up mm-hmm. really, really wanted to be in the industry. And it was always like, how do you get in this space? And then like, once you're in the space, you're kind of in the space. Right? <laughs> it's hard, it's hard it's, to get out. It's hard. <laughs> and, and it's like uh, hard to get out because, you know, it's got r- really good people. But at the same time, like you get such a, um, very specific knowledge set.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. It's so, like
0: my wife's always like, well, you, you know, you, you know, this or know that about this gun. And it's like, uh, um. A whole bunch of random knowledge you can't use anywhere else, right? <laughs> Any other industry. Yeah. But, so now you've, uh, and that's one reason I want to talk about, we've got, we've got your gun here. I know you've been bugging me for quite a while on uh, <laughs> no. On your, <laughs> so we'll present this to you as a rep of uh, rep of the last few years. Oh, okay. So, well, that's
1: appreciated. Probably undeserved, but thank uh, you. <laughs> I don't know.
0: So now you, you know, I know we're doing a 300 Win Mag. You'd called us wanting to do kind of a shorter platform rifle. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about where you're going to be using this rifle.
1: Well, so it's going to get its, uh, unveiling on an actual hunt, uh, this September in Alaska, um, going on my first moose hunt. So That's awesome. really excited about that. And this will be... I would assume outside of range time, uh, that'll be the first hunt this gun goes. On. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, I'm pretty so excited.
0: have you been to Alaska before?
1: Or? No, this will be actually be my first trip to Alaska as well. So I'm as excited just to go see Alaska as I am to go hunt a moose. What part
0: are you going to?
1: So my understanding is it's somewhere out of King Salmon. So okay. we're gonna fly into Anchorage, then go to King Salmon, jump on an otter, and head somewhere out into the <laughs> into the bush. So <laughs> what what time of year do you do that at? Uh it'll be like mid mid to late September. Okay.
0: So, so. it's so
1: mosquito netting? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> A lot of rain. I,
0: I I really don't know what I'm getting into, yep. but uh very excited about it. Man, we went uh we, we took some friends and went oh it's been like three or four years ago and went caribou. And, oh nice and it was incredible. And and we, we went through Anchorage and, you know, stopped and spent some time. The Cabela's anchorage is actually Pretty impressive. pretty impressive yeah um but we did much later in the season i didn't want to deal with the bugs and, you know, <laughs> well and thanks I for putting that is. thought in my mind Derek. Yeah. that's all i'm going to think may, about you just now. may want to make sure that you're <laughs> taking care of that and we dealt with i don't know if where you're going if they've talked about bears at all we dealt with a lot of bears yeah it's always on
1: your mind i think up there it's going to be kind of a coastal hunt so i'm sure we'll be uh
0: we'll have to be aware of the bear situation for sure. <laughs> so Yeah. And, and, and uh, it's neat. We saw like muskox and all yeah. those kind of deals too. Now you spend a lot of, uh, a lot of your hunting though, is you grew up in Texas, right? Yes. But sure. most of your hunting is in Oklahoma. Well, yeah. So later in life, it was Oklahoma.
1: Early on, uh, I grew up hunting in kind of central Texas in the culminary with my grandparents. Um, so it's it's interesting. One side of my family is more like we call in the industry granola and into the, you know, backpacking and camping. And then my mom's side is more the hunting and fishing. So I actually grew up hunting with my grandparents in central Texas. And what, then what part of central Texas? Around Coleman.
0: Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the Coleman area, um, man, my grandparents had a lease there for
0: 20 plus years. So it was, uh, you know. What year, or how old were you when you took your first animal?
1: So in our family, the rule was, is you had to be a teenager. So at okay. 13, um, we started, you know, we started, I started shooting a bow at probably around 10 and, uh, we had to get proficient obviously. And, and, but we actually, my first animal was, uh, at 13.
0: Cool. Yeah. W- with a bow? Yes. Oh, dang. So you yeah. shot an animal with a bow before <clears throat> Oh my goodness. That's correct. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. We, uh, we did a lot of,
1: uh, archery hunting. My grandparents were really into archery. So, um, it was funny. We used to get all their hand-me-down stuff. And it was interesting because I'm left out dominant, but at that time it was more difficult to get like youth equipment. Oh, yes. Left handed. I've got a boy that's left eye dominant, and finding left handed archery equipment is really difficult. So, interestingly enough, my grandma's the other lefty in our family. So, I always got grandma's hand me down bows. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, did you start with like a uh, PSE deer hunter? Or high country. Did? Oh, man. Yeah. Big those... time. That was a high country. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, how long before? So, uh, obviously, archery, you know, is that where it started kind of as a passion for you? Yeah, I think so. Just the outdoors in general, but, uh,
1: quickly latched on to archery hunting and, um, you know, pursued, pursued that for, for many years. And then obviously as I got older and started having kids and, and a career, um, there's just not as much time. Yeah. So kind of for the sake of efficiency, started moving more towards the, the thunderstorm <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And,
0: uh, okay. so I,
1: so now I, I enjoy both. Um, but yeah, I still, there's definitely a deep-seated passion for the archery side. So of now
0: me. you've got, you've got a couple boys now, right? I do. Do they both hunt? Interestingly enough, uh,
1: d- no. Uh, my oldest son is gone with me and he enjoys outdoors. They like to fish. Yeah. Uh, he just hasn't really gravitated to the hunting side of it. Yeah. Um, but it was a really cool experience this year. My youngest son, which just turned 15. So he was 14 at the time, uh, harvested his first, uh, Whitetail. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah. So at 14 years old, that was like you know you talk to all these guys now, and they're taking their kids out there when they're four and five. Yeah. And um, That's my so part. for <laughs> no, it's, it's great, it's great. But like for me, that first experience of a dad and son, uh, he was 14 years old. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, it really was. It was was cool that experience. on your place there in Oklahoma? It was. Yeah. So it was a it was a neat story. Um, I'd taken him up there over Thanksgiving. And uh, we hunted pretty hard, you know, and we spent a lot of time in the blind. Ultimately, he didn't, he didn't get a get a deer. So we went. Sometimes
0: back. that's good. Sometimes that's the best. It word was. To it was we spent.
1: Yeah. So he put his time in, and I was proud of him. Um, but we go back, and it was literally the first afternoon. I, I might have pulled him out of school a little early um, to get up there and hunt that afternoon. And uh, this deer we haven't seen, we hadn't seen on camera since October. Oh wow. Just happened to he showed up right place, right time. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool experience.
0: So in terms of, you know, the Coleman property where you hunted and you found it like with Trugo, y'all, I mean, you've done a lot of different.
1: Yeah. Events. We, we used to entertain a lot of customers, you know, all over the country, Texas, the the Dakotas, uh, you know, Louisiana, but yeah, we've. So like that evolved. Oklahoma
0: place or area is somewhere that I personally not hunted at all. Yep. I'm assuming, you know, what, what kind of terrain is.
1: It's really not, you know, where we're at it's interesting because we're kind of in a conservation or we are in a conservation district. It's called the, uh, I think it's the 11 mile prairie in Johnston County. And basically it's native Oklahoma prairie land, like CRP type prairie land. Well, like... so my, my father-in-law operates, uh, he runs cattle. So it would be CRP if, <laughs> <laughs> if, there, were, if there were cattle on it. Um, uh, and maybe someday it will be CRP. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, up on up on the prairie, it's just grassland. It's prairie hmm. land. Um, Bodark trees, uh, ditches. Um, you know, I've had people kind of compare it to Nebraska. Oh, interesting. Or, uh, but but it's it's also interesting because then you go just a couple miles down the dirt road and you're in a bottom in a river bottom. So, so are you, you get more, are you blind, like a pop-up blind archery or? Yeah. So we do, we do a lot of, we do a lot of blind hunting. There are, there are enough trees that you can get in some of the, you know, some of the boat arc thickets mm. and stuff like that and get a tree stand up. Uh, but yeah, we do a lot of ground blind hunting there. Um, but again, you go down to the bottom, it's totally different. It's hardwoods and it's, uh, you know, there's woods everywhere and it's just like a river bottom, like you'd expect really mm. thick and brushy. Um, so we. It's funny because we didn't even hunt on the prairie for years because we just didn't, it 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 didn't look deery, you know, (laughs) it it didn't. Uh, so we focused most of our time down on the river bottom and, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Caleb Sutton, he came up there and started looking at it and he's like, man, he goes, this, this is where it's at. So anyway, we kind of started setting it up and,
0: uh, he,
1: he actually harvested 160 Two inch deer this year with his bow in the
0: in the prairie country. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah. Archery or gun? Archery. Wow. Yeah, so like, we're talking a lot about bows but on but this still, no, <laughs> on I mean, the Rising <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> but at the same time, we you know we both started in the archery space, right? Absolutely. You know, and yeah. and for a long time, it, it's kind of funny. I I don't know if it's probably been oh geez, dude, it's probably been eight or nine years since I've like archery hunted, which feels really weird right I still yeah. I still like want to do it and like but at the same time i I go and this is a terrible way to look at, it, but I go to my head I'm like I could shoot the same deer with a bow mm-hmm. or I could shoot the same deer with a gun yep. and and the marketing and the product testing and stuff behind doing with the gun just far outweighs being able to do it with a bow I understand know? that and so and Tom
1: probably factors into that some too because that that same deer might take you. 30 or 45 days to get with a bow <laughs> so, true. Yeah, we and were, I've seen how far you can shoot. Yeah. So
0: well, it was funny. You mentioned that we were uh, texting with some friends last night. Um, there's a, a, a men's breakfast at like six o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. Friday. I'm like, oh, he's six o'clock in the morning. He goes, but you're a hunter. He goes, don't you get up at like, I mean, he's not a hunter. He's like, don't you get don't up at like up four o'clock in the morning? And I text him back and I said, the efficient hunters don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so <Yeah. it's> like,
1: <laughs> right. Right, right, right in at dawn. Exactly. You roll
0: in and, and, uh, but you know, like I said, the, the long range deal has been, it's been fun. And I, to me, I equated a lot to like the, the, um, tournament archery space. So I got yeah. really big into, you know, you tune this or select this arrow or, you know, you put a bubble level on the site and, um, Probably
1: went through. 500 different release oh, yeah. aids. And, and so
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I think for guys who are really into archery, that the long range piece parallels really well. Cause yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of gear centric stuff. Um, yep. you know, where like, I, I get that, you know, your traditional hundred yard, you know, three by nine scopes stuff is not archery. I get that. Sure. Um, but it's, there is a weirdly similar play on the long range thing for me.
1: I can see that it's, it's, more technical and it does take you know more work and effort Just yeah. like you got to practice that bow you got to be out there practicing your craft behind the trigger t- yeah that was so. the
0: hardest thing about the gun piece is you don't get the you don't get the, the bullet back like on at least on archery <laughs> you <laughs> it get, get, cost recover your to do recover it, yeah. Your arrow. yeah. But, well
1: i don't know if you priced arrows lately but well <laughs> they're yeah not no, cheap kid. either
0: but I always you know and this may be a little trick and people may already know this I didn't know it. at Botex my draw length is so short mm-hmm. you know uh, we had such a good relationship with the guys at gold tip mm-hmm. and uh, you know you'd buy their whatever their premieres or their their high-end arrows and a guy who used to work there stopped me said why are you spending the money on the higher dollar arrows just buy the the cheaper ones and cut off both ends your draw length so yeah. short it won't matter it and um, started doing that, it's huge difference. Absolutely, um, so Probably saved a lot of money. Too. Yeah, there is an advantage to having a short draw length. Like you, <laughs> so, um, you can but, take a
1: uh, arrow with less straightness and, and make it, make it work that's, exactly. That's great. Yeah.
0: So you went so, and I think the same time, you know, about the same years, we were working at Gander, and you were doing archery at Gander. Yep. What like, how did you end up at that Trugo gig? I tried really hard to get. The uh, Trugo gig, uh, really? Company. Oh yeah, it was. It was a, being a Texas company. It was somewhere I really wanted to work. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, I, I think with me, there's been a lot of situations where just, just sheer luck. You know, being in the right place at the right time. Um, so I was working at Gander and I met a gentleman by the name of Chris Clark uh, okay. out of Louisiana.
0: Which I you, didn't you know, you knew Chris Clark. <laughs> yeah, that so was crazy. We're
1: all we're all interconnected. Um, so I met Chris at the time. He was a archery rep. Uh, for Steve He still Associates. is an archery rep, but he's, he's
0: non-typical now. Correct.
1: So I met Chris there and we, you know, we got to talking and we ended up going to the Chili's after I got off work. That was right there. Um, and, and just kind of started a friendship. And at the same time, they were looking for, um, to add another body in the tailo. Uh, so I, I basically, at the time I was doing Texas. So I went to work for Steve Kaufman. So you, I didn't know
0: that. So you repped before you were at True You went, Correct. I didn't know that. Yeah. So
1: I was actually on the agency side actually early on. Like, so this was back in, you know, mid two, mid two thousands, um, went to work for Steve and it was an archery only group, which was again yeah, kind of yeah. ties into that um but you know we sold parker bows and black gold and hha with oh, cutting back cutting back cameras
0: um <clears throat> man that's when they were hot too that's like the the pinnacle of cameras at that we time also room.
1: had whisker biscuit at that oh time, man
0: which was yeah uh, you it, didn't have it, to sell it, that one no no how many <laughs> how many do you
1: want yeah um uh, so anyway uh Went to work for Steve for a few years in the, and and kind of cut my teeth and really started meeting a lot of the retailers and uh, just learning that side of the business. And interestingly enough, I was at a, uh, I believe it was a Cabela's, one of their fall classics and ran into Truglio had just hired a VP of product or uh, business development. Excuse me. Who's that? Debbie Mann. Okay. Uh, uh, so Debbie was also working this event. And I was giving a crossbow, uh, seminar of all things. That's and how I ended up
0: at Bowtech. I was playing with crossbows and I hate crossbows. <laughs> I won't use the word hate. But, uh, I like my fingers too much to mess with crossbows. <laughs> Correct.
1: So anyway, I met Debbie. Um, she reached out to me and then, uh, you know, started there as kind of a, uh, regional sales guy and just, uh, fell in love with the family, fell in love with the business, um, and, nice. and worked there for, you know, 13 plus years. And now you're back
0: on the rip side.
1: Yes, I am. So, uh, through, through private acquisition, uh, the company was acquired in, uh, o- or 2021. Um, so when that happened, I kind of started weighing options and, and, you know, seeing what the next steps would be. And obviously being in the industry, you meet a lot of people yep. and you got a lot of relationships, um. Ultimately, you know, I wanted a new challenge and to do something a little different. I've always enjoyed kind of building and growing yep. companies. Um, so uh, Kevin Robertson with the uh, Schooler Associates, I've worked with him. He actually represented some of our product lines at True Glow. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah. So he they actually represented Rival Arms for us. Didn't know that. Yeah, because they were a little more... Um, versed in the firearm side of the business to where outtech was yeah. more focused on the archery so side pause
0: for for those guys who are using rival gear mm-hmm. that was basically a brand that you personally started
1: yeah so it was a collaboration between uh you know there was a few of us there at Glow, and we really wanted to start building uh, a product made in the united states yep. uh and we saw an opportunity you know the the ar market kind of Fix it, build it yourself thing. It exploded, and and you started to see the same transition with the Glock pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a category we were interested in, and we went after it, and uh, really enjoyed that. It was fun. We was involved, you know, in product development and marketing and yeah. packaging. We had a great team and, and executed very well. Yeah, um, and really kind of skyrocketed that brand in a Quickly, very short yeah. amount of yeah. time.
0: Yeah, To all you hunters out there this last year that were not happy with how your rifle felt or handled and were thinking about upgrading and changing to a new stock, be sure and check out IOTA Outdoors. At IOTA, they manufacture multiple different types and configurations of hunting stocks uh, that are easy drop-in fits for your Remington 700 or Tika platforms. Be sure and check them out at iotaoutdoors.com and you'll be glad you did. Now, back to the show. And then, so you met Kevin or Kevin was doing your stuff. And so then mm-hmm. post true glow, how did you get, <laughs> or post that cell? How did you get intertwined?
1: Yeah. So Kevin just reached out to, cause me. I guess
0: in between there, you had turned us on to use it. I yeah, met Mike. To, yeah. And so yeah. we started using schooler. Group. Absolutely.
1: I just, I really uh, thought highly of the agency. Uh, they did a great job for us and the table, uh, good group of guys, very professional, knowledgeable, uh, so it was, you know, when Kevin reached out to me, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I think, uh, Mike was getting ready to retire, um, the founder of schooler, uh, associates. And so it, I think Kevin was looking for some additional help and management, and then also just, I think he really wanted to expand the business. Um, so bringing me on was, you know, just adding horsepower to the team, uh, yeah. new relationships, those types of things, um, so yeah, that's kind of how that happened. So how has re- it
0: been going back to being on the rep side?
1: Yeah, it's been a transition. <laughs> um,
0: and y'all just did an acquisition yourself too, right?
1: Yeah, well, we we merged with, um, so Kevin was the majority owner of another agency in the Southeast, uh, Outdoor Marketing Group. Uh, so we recently merged the two agencies together at the beginning of this year. Um, so now we're basically uh, covering the Eastern 36 states, um, and we're um, – over 20-something, you know, or up to yeah. 22 employees uh, spread so out throughout the country. For
0: people listening to this podcast that are maybe starting a brand in the outdoor space or have got an existing brand that maybe not a, uh, a sales force in-house, mm-hmm. which is kind of what our, what our situation sure. is, sure. you know, um, explain, you know, in layman's terms, I guess, how, how the rep agency piece works. Because for me, a, lo- a long time, like I didn't really think about, reps you know so much yep. you'd go to a store and you'd see a you, know, you may see a horizon guy working the counter you may see a Botek guy working the counter well not that's not always a quote-unquote factory guy right a lot yeah. of times that's not <clears throat> correct and so you know for you know, as a as a plug here but as at the same time i got a i've got a starting brand in the outdoor mm-hmm. space why don't i want to rep and you know what how does that process work
1: yeah so i think the the biggest thing is it gets companies' boots on the ground. Um, you know, quickly. We 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 already have established relationships with the retailers, all the different channels of trade. So, you know, the distributors, the retailers, buy group members, yeah. e-com. So it 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 kind of fast tracks your penetration into those those channels. Um you know, along with those relationships come many years of, you know, working together and kind of yeah. understanding the retailers' needs. So, basically, we just, you know, the, maybe the simplest way to, you know, sum it up is we, you know, we we try to manage a manufacturer's sales needs from top to bottom. Um, you know, we're we're basically an extension of their
0: company just as an outside sales force. I think for us, too, you know, one thing you said I think is super key that I would, like, if you've got a brand that you're, you're like... You know, we always ask the question, man, how do you get into said distributor? How do you get into said buying group? And so much, and I think it's within any industry, it's, it's so much relationship driven. I think the outdoor space is probably even more than a lot of other spaces. At least that, you know, I I haven't really done a lot of other industry spaces, but at least that's what I've been told with guys coming into the space. Um, And so... You know, it's like, oh, I want to be in said distributor. Well, there's a good chance that there's an agency that has a relationship with the guy that determines whether you get in or out of we, there. We
1: we better have those relationships because right. <laughs> <laughs> if not, we're not we're not going to be eaten because we're not going be yeah. to be getting paid. So,
0: so how many how many lines you currently read?
1: Um We have about sixteen right now. Okay. Um, so our agency
0: through like, that's including your Western Group too. Yeah. So
1: basically, um, we. We collectively cover the, the Eastern 36 states, right? But th- there's also regionalization to it. So because we came from being independent regional groups, so like TALO, for instance, or the Southeast. Did you
0: say TALO, Texas, Arkansas? Come on, you can uh, get it. Louisiana, Louisiana and Oklahoma.
1: I think you well, yeah. Well, now in, in, in Texas, we hear, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas. Yeah,
0: and we, and we also hear uh, Talom a lot. So then you get, I guess, Missouri added to that or Mississippi added to that.
1: It could be either.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So we actually (laughs) cover Mississippi for
1: some of our, uh, some of our partners. Mississippi's typically not in that Taylor region, but uh, it came into place there. So, um, so basically I guess where I was going with that is, is between those different regions, we'll have some differentiating our, in our, uh, manufacturing partners. Um, you know, we have some, some companies like yourself that, that we, Manage the entire country, and then we have others, for instance, that we may just manage the sales of the Taylor. Yep.
0: Uh oh, Aaron, I hear the timer.
1: What do you got for me <laughs> so here? Here's what we, here's what we got,
0: and <laughs> you know, you know how much the uh uh, uh, 22 Creedmoor means to us. Right. It, and yes, that's, that's I do. A, a caliber that we really pioneered and put a lot of effort into it. So on our, on the horizon podcast at the 22 minute mark, we're going to go into our 22 question lightning round. 22 right? questions? So 22 Creedmoor, <laughs> 22 questions, speed round. Right. Okay. All right. And so, so I have here, 22 seconds to you answer You you got a short amount of time, but okay. 22 seconds would have been, would have been appropriate, right? <laughs> Correct. So here we go. What's your favorite animal to hunt? White tail. White tail. Favorite caliber. Three hundred wind magnet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite uh favorite load, whether it be um factory or um hand loads? Hornady. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's probably that might get me in that, trouble. No, that's fair. <laughs> that's, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Okay. What is the coolest gear you've seen lately? Like what is the coolest thing you've seen this year in our space?
1: Oh man, that's tough. Um a lot of cool products. I'm gonna say something maybe I'm most impressive with right now is the Kuyu uh, clothing. Oh yeah. That's that's been a game
0: changer for me. I don't disagree, although I am a sick uh, snob. So you know, you know fair. It's well, close. we can it's agree close. we can agree to disagree. <laughs> so what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Chick-fil-a. Okay. But you can't go there on Sundays. That's okay. Favorite trophy you've got Ooh, um it would
1: have to be a nine point uh, whitetail that I shot in South Texas. Um, I wish he would have been an eight point, but he did have a kicker. He had a split. Uh, he scored right over one 70. So smokes. I'm, I'm kind of an eight point freak. Uh, yeah. so again, he's not
0: technically an eight, but so you didn't like break that off to make him an eight point. No, no. <laughs> I thought about it, but I left him, I left him with what he grew. That's a big nine point. Yeah. What, beach or mountains? Oh, mountains. Okay. Um, your mount or shoulder mount.
1: Can I say it depends on the the animal? Okay, explain that. I don't know. I just like euros on some animals more than I like shoulder mounts. Do you
0: have more euros or more shoulder mounts in your house? I have more shoulder mounts. Okay. Um, what is the one survivor uh, survival item you're taking with you on this Alaskan trip?
1: Oh, I'm going to have to have matches or a light or some way to start fire.
0: You got to try the pyro putty. It's pretty good stuff. I've heard that. I haven't used it. What is uh, three words that describes your hunting style? Oh, and you make sure <laughs> so you get this right so Clint doesn't get you on that. I one. know. I'm,
1: there's a lot of people out there on the edge of their seat. <laughs> uh, shoot it again.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, favorite camo pattern? I'm colorblind.
1: But oh, I'll go with. Sam. Yeah. I'll, but
0: you said coo you. So I'm assuming.
1: the yeah, let's say, Verde. Okay. All right. Uh, And that's, yeah.
0: Okay. Favorite sports team to watch? Oh, the Cowboys. Okay. Oh, you've had some rough goes at it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a few years, but it's okay.
0: What's the one thing that's in your hunting pack that doesn't belong there?
1: Mm, That doesn't belong there. Man. Probably a loud water bottle.
0: Oh, I hear you. I opened mine the other day to go on a coyote hunt, and I had many cans of like, uh, Mountain Dew and wrappers, all these <laughs> pockets. I'm like, why is this even in here? I've been lugging this around like for a pack no reason. got into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spotting scope or binos? Binos. Okay. Range finder in the binos or range finder separate? That's an extra. That's an old. That's an extra question. Yeah.
1: I, if I could afford the range finder in the binos, I'd go that route. But for the time being, just carrying them both. Carrying them both. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite hunting snack?
1: Hmm. Beef jerky. So like which which style the oh well it's got to be the thin dry okay. jerky okay it's got to be Um uh, hard times is one that comes to mind i don't think i've had that out
0: the try you need to try, need to try it yep. solo or guided hunts mm. probably solo explain explain that way
1: well so for a number of years we referenced it earlier you know we the, the hunting that you do, like in the industry is, you know, you're always entertaining or so sometimes it's just really nice to go out there by yourself and unplug and
0: turn the phone off and just get away. <laughs> do you really turn the phone off? or Are you sitting there playing? <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some both. Calls, some right? both. yeah, um, if you could be an animal, what would you be? Mm. Be
1: some kind of a bird. Okay. You know, maybe be able to fly like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, favorite wild game dish?
1: Oh, uh probably honestly, just something real basic like a good grilled backstrap, venison okay. backstrap.
0: Don't put anything special on it? Salt, pepper, and cook it rare. On a hot, on a hot cast iron skillet. So I'm, uh, I love the cast iron piece. We've gotten to where though I like to mix a little cream cheese, put it on top of it. Makes yeah. It really yeah. There's, a, there's all kinds of ways you can dress it up. So what's the last book you've read? Good to great. Good to great. How was that? It was good. It was a great. It was great. <laughs> yeah. It
1: Started off good. ended great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good.
0: Yeah. Good. What'd you, what'd you, uh, we'll, go, we'll come back to that. I want to talk about go. that one. Yep. Uh, Nalgene or Camel Pack? Nalgene. Yeah. The Camel packs weird me out. <laughs> they're hard to clean and where do you store them
1: i know i can't do it i've got like four of them in my freezer because i
0: I'm you just use about them as ice packs for your cooler yeah you just fill them up with water and leave them in there yeah. i love it yeah have you shot the 22 creedmoor i have and that will follow up our 22 questions and a lot in round but so tell, tell me about it when when i think we shot the 22 creedmoor at the range last year
1: we did yeah so that was the first time that i'd shot it like in the field, like actually hunting. And I got to watch you and Caleb put on a clinic out there, <laughs> um, which was, which was interesting for me because, you know, I've, I've never really been around the long range, uh, yeah. you know, or from a hunting standpoint, obviously we talked about a lot of archery, so yeah. very up close and personal. And then the rifle stuff, you know, never over like two, maybe, yeah. maybe 300 yards.
0: So what'd you think about that
1: particular round? It was. Impressive, I guess, would be the word that comes to
0: mind. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it was really funny. Um, and I went back and I've got them on my the phone. We may have to drop them into the podcast. Yeah, see, some of those videos. When, when we get there and Caleb's like, well, what, what gun are we using? I'm like, 22 cream. he's like, oh, really? Did you bring anything else? You know? And I think the first animal, uh, we had a doe at like 410. And then he ended up shooting that, that buck Melt,
1: with it. Melted. It just melts them. It's incredible. Yeah. And super, super low recoil. So. Yeah. And just quiet. It was, again, we both left
0: there just like, wow, this thing is the real deal. I tell you, it's been it's been cool for us and they obviously they stock them, mm-hmm. um, and, and we've seen it was been really neat. We were on the twenty two creamer Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin and I were talking, and we got a, a, a I saw a message or a thread come through there. And they're you know, obviously we saw them a sports south and then we have no idea where they go, which is so weird to us being a custom <laughs> gun group. We know, you know, int- intrinsically everybody who yeah. picked every part until really this last I mean, really that's kinda of when we started Going sure to sports absolutely out. yep and uh so there's a guy on there and he's like hey here's a picture of sports alley what do you guys think about this gun and there's probably 15 or 20 different people that jumped on there that have them and it'd be like well here's my you know here's my deer at 590 and here's my 400 wow. and so it was uh it was really cool uh especially with happened kind of this week coming in it was just sort of a loop around like man from caleb shooting that deer to you know it's been Maybe fifteen, sixteen months yeah. later, yeah, um, to seeing people on the interweb, you know, using them is kind of fun. So, so there's kind of getting to be a kind of a, a following, isn't it? It's interesting, man. And uh, we're we're seeing um, about a hundred to 150 people a week, you know, get, adding to that twenty 22 more Facebook group. So it's it's kind of fun to see and grow, um, and something that you know that that's really passionate uh, to us, and we plan on putting a. A lot of effort towards uh towards this year so it's been it's been fun hey guys so you're listening to the on the horizon podcast we can't go a full podcast without talking about horizon firearms so when you're looking for your next custom rifle be sure and check us out at horizonfirearms.com we look forward to doing business with you now back to the show so, kind of going back to what we were, you know, talking about earlier before the twenty-two minute speed <laughs> round, <laughs> that threw me totally off track. <laughs> That's good. That's what we're supposed to say. We get, we get, we get another start. I mean, what are you, what are you seeing right now in the industry? You know, we talk about twenty-degree more, we talk about, um, you know, we're, we're kind of coming off of a giant roller coaster in the market. Yeah, absolutely. What are you, what are you seeing out there?
1: <clears throat> you know, I think that there's, um, I think that through COVID. Um, obviously a lot of the retailers and manufacturers that was obviously a challenging time for not just our industry but you know just the the world in general um you know coming out of that there were obviously there was a lot of people that got introduced to the outdoors um you know whether it was just to get out of their house you know uh, go fishing for the first time since they were kids you know uh, so we saw this big influx of you know New customers, if you will, that and they kind of yeah. where they say they were like
0: I'm forgetting millions of new gun owners?
1: It's it's a tremendous amount, and I apologize, I don't have the number yeah. off the top of my head, but yeah, it was a it was a tremendous amount of entrance into the space. Um, so you know, as we've seen before, you know, the demand just skyrocketed.
0: Yeah. And um, and we normally get a you know a, a very wavy cycle with election cycles and you know yeah but this was this was something it was, different
1: yeah it was like a perfect storm uh, you know it was interesting because when when the COVID market started I was still on the manufacturing side and was mm. still at True Glow um, and so you know it went from really a lot of apprehension and, and, and fear and concern, um, you know, about keeping our employees on staff to yeah. all of a sudden our warehouse is empty. And which y'all got a big warehouse. We did at the time. Yeah. yeah, it was a big warehouse and it was, you know, it was empty. And then there was, you know, supply chain issues. And so it, it, it created a lot of different, uh, dynamics and challenges, uh, you know, during that time frame you know looking at it now i think that you know the the hangover that we're experiencing maybe is just from that's the that's
0: a good way to put it <laughs> it, it is a I heard it. Bit, i have right? heard it
1: coined that way but that's a great way to describe it yeah, there's just i think there's just a lot of inventory in the marketplace right now at retail yeah. um at the manufacturer level just kind of all the way through now we are starting to see that shift a little bit it seems like we're starting to see turns in categories that are really stopped uh mm-hmm. just because of the amount of inventory in the market um so yeah it's uh i think people are still participating i think you know i think our industry is healthy right now um it's just i think we got to think about all of those new people we brought in how to keep them engaged yeah. now and keep them interested in the you know in the the firearm space and you know either recreational shooting or self-defense or you know hunting whatever that path yeah. or avenue may be um, you know, I think it is important for us to try to keep those people engaged. Point.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting too, because a lot of times it, it, you see it, uh, in these big explosions, but a lot of times your people for self-defense or, or, um, you know, first time gun owners tend to be more in your, you know, your black gun space and your mm-hmm. you know, pistol space. Yep. And so, you know, for us as, as bolt gun and hunting manufacturers, it's, you know, it's, it's. Tangential to what we're doing, sure. But a lot of times, um, it's it's sort of the gateway into okay. Well, I like this experience, or this was you know, um, this is a lot of, a lot less scary than I thought it was. Thought was, it was. Be. sure. So <clears throat> you know, now you know, recreational with bolt guns or or hunting with bolt guns. So you know, for us, like I said, um, you know, I almost feel bad. You look at a lot of companies and, and people who had a very you know tough time through COVID, where you know our space. Was a tough time for different reasons, you know. It was completely, completely different, and we stayed just very much just you know, kind of in there. But you know, and, and I think you would agree with this. We're seeing so many of the um, you know, I'll call them Black Gun AR or whatever, yeah. everybody's got their own terms for semi automatic modern sporting, rifles, MSRs. right? <laughs> MS, yeah, exactly. Modern sporting rifles. There we go. i uh, make sure we get that coin right, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we're seeing. A lot of that, in my opinion, slowed down because there's yep. so many. I mean, I you know, yeah, it yeah. just goes
1: back to the amount that was, you know, the the amount that was consumed during COVID yeah. uh, to these first time, yep. you know, or, or maybe not a first time guy, maybe a guy
0: that's got 20 of them, right, but right.
1: Uh, you know, one more is never too much. <laughs> so,
0: well, I, th- I think what's what's interesting about it um, that we're seeing, and I was explaining this the other day in a meeting, it's like. Every time this has happened, you know, you get this full throttle and then choke back, full throttle and mm-hmm. choke back. You've seen the um, the MSR companies, you know, either either gain in machinery or equipment or, you know, knowledge. And so every time this cycle happens, you know, they've got closer and closer to kind of our bull gun space, right? Yeah. Um, and more and more capable in that space. And mm-hmm. so it's really interesting. I think it will be... um I think, and maybe I'm totally wrong here. I think over the next three years, we'll see a lot of innovation in the hunting gun space, because I think it's going to be forced where you've got a lot of guys out there who've got a heavy engineering staff, a lot of cool equipment, yep. not a lot of sales and relative to the last couple of years, sure. you know? And so, uh, you know, what am I going to do with this idle time? And well, I that's why
1: capacity is a big deal too, right? Yeah. Just the machine time and being able to take the time to innovate yeah. and, you know, uh,
0: well, oh, and you see here, we've got so many more machines, but so much of that, when you, when you wanted capacity, you know, you couldn't get machine. You couldn't get, um, you just, I mean, you, it didn't matter how much money you had to plug on machines. It, it didn't matter. There, yeah. you know, And I think, uh, you know, now, uh, and I'm sure you guys are seeing this on the, uh, even on, in your business, it's like, it's hard to find good people, uh, you know? Um, and so we're seeing such a drive towards robotics and you know automation sure it's it's gonna be interesting to see what what happens in the in the hunting space because of it um so i don't know if you in the, on the rep side? have you seen that in terms of hard to find or are y'all are y'all looking for anybody currently yeah i mean we're we're constantly i mean that's i think
1: a lot of companies challenges is just attracting you know quality candidates and and offering a, a good competitive workplace for people so you know we it's interesting, you know, in our business, you know, we're hiring across the country inevitably. So, you know, sometimes,
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you think about that, you know, sometimes well, it's helpful could. though. Like, I mean, we're trying to get somebody here, right? Well, you yeah, know? there's, there's pros and cons of that. So again, you know, you've got a pool here to work out of where, you know, you feel like you kind of know people and you got some contacts, you know, for me to go find someone in Maine, um, it's a little bit different. You're kind of starting from scratch. And, and, you know, a lot of times in those situations, we're reaching out to retailers and kind of picking their brains like, Hey, who's doing a good job? Or who do you know that, uh, you know, might be interested in transitioning? You know, a lot of, a lot of people in our industry come out of
0: retail. Hmm. Um, it kind of cut or, the tooth there, yeah. yeah,
1: or the I guess the sales agency side of
0: it. Well, and, and talking about that a little bit, you see, um, you know, we, we, briefly touched on it earlier. You see a lot of people that go, or, or a lot of companies that have only in-house sales guys, and then they have only repouts, and then they turn around. And, what 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 causes that giant swing? So I think um I mean, you saw we just saw <laughs> loophole do that over the last you know couple yeah, of years. You see it. I think. <clears throat> excuse me.
1: I think when companies get, <laughs> to yeah. get quenched. Well, I was, yeah, I was getting dry there. My allergies, <laughs> have, have a little my bit. allergies no. have not been kind to me. Um, I think, you know, some of these larger companies that start to get over, a, you know, a certain dollar amount in revenue, um, it starts to become cost effective for them to, uh, look at internal sales teams. But again, generally, if you start looking at what it costs to, to build that out, yeah. it's more cost effective for most companies to to seek out an agency um just because again, you start thinking about qualified sales guys he's going to be wanting to make you know a hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year and then you need twenty of those guys, you can see how your overhead yep. uh, it can add on to that pretty quickly
0: so are most of the, on the on the rep side I know, I know different agencies do it different, but like and I don't want to get too much into the things you talk about, but like are most guys fully commission? Are they fully paid? Are they some it, mix it, in between? It, it runs or? the
1: gambit, okay. honestly, between agency to agency. We, we, we pay all of our guys straight commission, um, just because we want to, we want a hungry sales team. And, uh, Kevin, my partner, uh, you know, his saying is, is, you know, we eat what we kill. That's so tr- <laughs> that's, that's appropriate. Right. If you're not selling, you're not eating. So, um, so how does
0: that work working with your brother? I mean, I work with my brother. I know, like I said, you know, uh, Ryan's a, a, a real, I mean, for us, he's been a really good salesman. Yeah,
1: he's going to be upset he didn't get this gun. I imagine
0: so, as soon as this releases, I'll get text messages yeah, from Yeah,
1: it'll probably end up missing from my safe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been good working with Ryan, um, you know, when I was at True Glow, there was actually, I think we oh, had. Oh, y'all
0: worked together there, too. I we forgot. did. Yeah, yeah. And I
1: and my cousin, or I, I guess you'd actually say cousin-in-law. He's married to my cousin, but he's he's family to me. Um, and then I had a uh, another cousin that worked there. So, you know, and then, too, just, you know, those sales guys become part of your family, yeah. or at least for me. Um, so it, it was good making the transition. I was, you know, Ryan was able to come on board, Um uh, we had a need for another body, uh, in the territory Ryan was experienced with. So yeah, it's good. Um, obviously we are brothers and he, he knows I get frustrated with him sometimes and
0: he gets frustrated (laughs) with me, but, uh, we find a way to make it work. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. I hear you. And, and uh, (laughs) we've just awesome. I have done a really good job of separating like who's good at what. And so I think that, I think that helps a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to ask a specific horizon question. It's just, uh, uh, catch you off guard here a bit. Oh, boy. So I know we've now got the Western group. We're just yep. opening up. So as people are, you know, if, if there's people listening to this that are in the West, and when we consider the West, um, we've not, as, as Horizon, outside of Sports South, really done a lot from, you know, Texas West. Sure. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, to, to, be, to be fair, we've done... You know good amount in the southeast, yep. um, and so you know, these dealers, uh, we saw it to the buy groups uh, a little bit. Dealers that are are starting to see some of these, especially 20, 22 cream, where that seems to be where people are finding us. Sure, um, when you're finding those through Sports South and you've got a shop in the west, what's the best way for for those guys that get a hold of it? Of you, a lot of times, sure, coming to us and we're giving them to you, yep. um, that are interested in carrying some of the different products. Yeah, so
1: again, I think one good. One good, uh, avenue for that is to go to the horizon website. Um, that's going to give us visibility there. If you're familiar with horizon and the brand, if go to your local retailer, uh, chances are they're going to be doing business with sports South in some capacity, yeah. um, you know, Currently, I, I think I looked at their inventory yesterday and we're basically in stock on all the models. I think you may
0: own a few. Oh, I own a few. They, 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 <laughs> and, and it was, like, I, said, we, I keep saying 22 degree, but they, uh, you know, they, the last PO was that again. And it's, those, those are harder to keep on the shelf now, well, uh, but we're trying. That's by design, that's right? By design. <laughs> it's by design. You're doing something right. Yeah, here are. So yeah.
1: again, you know, just speaking to the, the folks in the West, you know, uh, go to that local retailer, talk to them, um, After that, you know, if they don't have it in stock, they'll contact me. Um, You know, we can point you in the direction of your local rep even. Um, They can help facilitate with that. So really, I think a a really good place to start until you start to see more of a dealer footprint in the West is just go to the Horizon website
0: and, uh, you know, give them a little bit of information and we'll take it from there. And we'd love to have some, like I said, selfishly, I'd like to have some, of course, that's the hardest thing about (laughs) the West, though. There's so much (laughs) ground between shop to shop, right? And, and. And I get that I, you know you feel for some well, a couple of different things like uh, you feel for the guys like in the Montana and Idaho where they're like hey I want a gun but man the closest guy is like six hours away yeah you know yeah and that's that's tough uh, especially in our space when you can't ship a product in such an e-com world directly to correct do them. and then the other ones I, I feel bad for are really the people in California. It is so difficult and it's not, not just for them, but even as a manufacturer, it's difficult sure. to, you know, get people, um, to get people product without all the wait times and stuff. Sure. But it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Well, man, um, kind of, we'd like to, we like to wrap the podcast up, um, you know, being on, hey, Oh boy. I'm waiting for this knuckleball uh, no, that you've been waiting to throw. No, in. no, we, we call it on the horizon, right? Okay, And, uh, obviously horizon and, with our name and everything, but really just want to know what, what you have on the horizon, whether that be, you know, I know you've got a big hunt coming up, but, uh, whether it be something you're doing with your family or whether that be, uh, something you're doing with the business, Yeah, you know, is there any, is there any, uh, well, you know, from
1: a business standpoint, uh, there's always something on the horizon, right? So yeah. we're, we're constantly, uh, we're, we're in a growth mode right now, uh, which is exciting and fun. But as you know, <laughs> so very well, um, there's a lot of uh, challenges that yeah. come with that. Um, so, you know, from a business standpoint, I'll say there's a lot of things on the horizon cool. without going into too much specifics.
0: You've always got something up your sleeve. I wondered, I wonder what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, from a family standpoint, which uh, is, is very important to me, uh, Uh, My oldest son is graduating. Oh shoot! Yeah, so on the horizon this this year. Yes. Oh, so you've only got a couple couple months. months. Wow. Wow. So yeah, mom and I are getting our minds really wrapped around that. But so we got college on the horizon. Oh man. uh, So is there any any top?
0: So right now it's
1: either looking like Arkansas or Texas Tech. So he's he's not coming down here, but uh, and neither one of them overly close to home nah not not overly close, but uh not terribly far either so. what are you rooting for wherever he's happy? Oh okay i don't have a okay. I don't have a big dog uh you know, maybe from a cost standpoint, maybe tech <laughs> <laughs> that's true maybe
0: yeah, in state versus out of state well <laughs>
1: yeah and there was a, there was some discussion about Baylor at one point. i just Oof. yeah i had to I had to shut that down. So, so what's he you know. wanting to study? I think he's, he's really interested in finance. Um, I don't know that there's a, a set in stone cool. path right now, but something with something with money that seems to make his <laughs> world go round.
0: That's pretty, like I said, that is a pretty big horizon, man.
1: Yeah. There's uh yeah, that's a, that's a big deal in the Duce household. Uh, that's awesome. awesome. The oldest one fixing to move off into adulthood.
0: That's awesome, man. <laughs> Aaron, I appreciate it. And like I said, I look forward to seeing some video and pictures of you using this gun and, Appreciate everybody listening to the On the Horizon podcast. If you would keep us going by going here and and clicking like and subscribe um, so that we can send you content so you can see what we've got on our horizon. Look forward to uh, uh, catching you next time on another episode of On the Horizon.